welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 116. The title of our Sunday worship service for May 12th, 2019 is Who You Are. It is the second in our series, Truth Talks, BS Walks. It's time to let go of what others think we are and start to live from what we know we are. So our scripture today, Matthew 16, 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And obviously, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. But it's a question not just for them, it's a question for you and I. You see, that's kind of the key to the whole thing. If you want to understand Scripture... Try to imagine yourself not as a participant uh, in watching something, not as someone who's just in the audience, not as a bystander. If you want to really understand Scripture, try to imagine yourself as a disciple. Try to picture yourself there. Try to put yourself there. Because remember, this is timeless stuff. He's not just talking to them. He's talking to you. If you put yourself in that situation, you're going to get more meaning out of it. Now, I get it. A lot has changed. Fashions have changed. Things have changed. Different cultural concerns, different things going on. Probably none of the disciples was worried about their Facebook profile picture. Probably. I know. Stuff's different. But think about that with me because the deal is, if it can change, it's not really all that important. If it can change, it can't tell you who you are. Think about that. Because there are a lot of people that invest a big hunk of their personality in something that's fleeting. In a job, in a situation, in a possession, right? There's a lot of people that invest a big hunk of who they are and how they interact with the world in something that cannot last. They're building their house on shifting sands, as the Bible says. If it can change, it can't tell you who you are. And that's kind of the deal. So if you want to get more meaning out of Scripture, ask yourself, well, what do I have in common with the disciples? Aside from all the cultural stuff that goes away, what do we have in common? And in fact, if you want to get the meaning out of anything, a movie, a story, a song, a situation, go watch the, I don't know, the Avengers movie and decide, what do I have in common with a superhero? Obviously, big hunks of stuff, not so much. But wait a minute, I'm trying to make something right too. And you can begin to unlock meaning in anything. If you decide, what is the point I have in common? What is the thing that does not change? What is the truth behind the facts? Where is it? And in fact, that's kind of what Jesus was asking the disciples to bring it all the way around. Because if you know that part of scripture, obviously it's part of a much larger block. Jesus says to the disciples, who does everybody else say I am? And they run down the list of vital statistics. And all of these things are factual. They say, you know, you've been to these places. You're a child of this lineage. You've been here and and we might be able to describe you by the miracles that you were a part of. And all of those things are important, but not the truth of his identity. And I say that because, once again, it's also the case for you. Who are you? Well, I'm a job. That's not who you are. That's the place you go. That's different. You can define yourself by all kinds of outer things, by vital statistics, by your preferences, by your profile picture. But that's not who you really are. And so after the disciples run down all of the outer things that are factual but not necessarily truthful and don't really answer the question that Jesus asked, 
He said, okay, that's who they say. Who do you say I am? And you know the story. Peter, the disciple who represents, you remember what, what Peter represents? Peter is a disciple who represents faith. Anytime you see Peter doing anything in Scripture, what you're seeing, along with everything else you're seeing, what you're seeing is what it looks like when you're working on your faith. Peter is the one who tries to walk on water, can't quite pull it off because he's working on his faith. If you're working on your faith and you're trying to figure that out, watch what Peter does and you can see it in process. Pretty cool. But in this moment, he's got it. He sees something else. He says, Jesus says, who do you say I am? And Peter says, I get it. I see that you're more than vital statistics and outer things. I see that you are the child of God, the Messiah, the living Christ. I see that the wholeness and fullness of the universe is brought to bear right now. I get it. That's the beginning of something so much bigger, so much more important. That is the beginning of miracles. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked them then. He asks you now. This is an important thing because I talk a lot about your freedom. You know, I say it every week. I've got stuff to say about it. You've heard me run down all of the things I've said in the past. You're so free that you have the power to miss the point. I've said you're so free that you can fall in love wherever you are. I've said that you're so free that you can read a gum wrapper and unlock the secrets of the universe. Actually, I didn't say that. Lex Luthor said that in the Superman movie in the 70s. But it's true. Spiritual stuff. Everywhere you look, if you know where to look, and if you know who you are, that's important. If you know who you are, you will start to learn wherever you are. But so I talk about freedom all the time. You know that. You hear it. But the next question might be, yes, so what? I'm free. So what does that mean? Here's what it means. Here's why it's important. Here's why it's at the core of everything. Because who you say he is, so to speak, is the life that you're going to get. What you say is what you get, not what you see. What you say is what you get. And that's an important distinction. It's not just about what you see, because you can see a lot of things. I've had people tell me, well, I just see that everyone is the child of light, and it's so beautiful. And then the, you know, the Peter, Paul, and Mary music starts playing, and all of that stuff. And these are the same people that will just shake their fists in traffic and decide that people are not so good if they have a different color skin or whatever. It's not about what you see alone. What you see is the start of something. But it ain't the whole picture. What do you say? In other words, it's the whole thing. It's the call and response. It's what you allow in. That's the C part. And it's what you say. It's what you do about it. That's going to determine your experience. And so, who do you say that I am? The question that Jesus asked the disciples is a question for you and I. Who do I say that I am as a child of God? Who do I say that Jesus is as my way shower? Who do I say that other children of God around me are? What I say about it is exactly my experience. And I have the power to increase or diminish my experience, my miracles, my healing, my life. Based on what I allow to come through that process. What you say is what you get. And so how you use your freedom in that way is fundamentally important. So, who do you say that I am is the key question. But we know that. I mean, it's instinctual. I mean, we, we tell the stories all the time. Every movie, in one way or another, is about just be yourself. I mean, that's, the, that's every John Hughes movie. It's every teenage movie. You want to get the prom queen to be your girlfriend? Just be yourself. Over and over again, it's the key. We talk about Wizard of Oz. We beat it into the ground that Dorothy could have gone home the whole time. But it's a key theme. Neo has to believe that he is the chosen one or whatever. Aladdin is a diamond in the rough. 
just by virtue of who he is over and over again. The message is clear. When we worked with teenagers a lot, we found ourselves saying it all the time. Just be yourself. Don't try to fit in with the cliques and stuff like that. Just be yourself. It's the universal message, and you've heard it a million times, and we like that message because it resonates with us. We know it's true. Just be yourself. Great, but I don't know who I am. <laughs> so how can I do that? I can't even get to step two of this grand equation. Who the heck am I? And we're so hungry to, to figure that out, to answer that question, the who do you say that I am question. We're so hungry for it that we'll look anywhere. In the absence of meaning, we'll take whatever we can get. And that's good because it speaks to our deep hunger, but it's bad because people are capable of settling for all kinds of garbage. A substitute for identity. And you see it all over the place. I mean, how many times have you seen a commercial where they go, every loaf of bread is baked in grandma's kitchen? And you know it's not true. You know it's made in some weird factory you wouldn't even want to go in without throwing your shoes away afterwards. You know what I mean? But we believe it. That I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV because I got the coat. We know better, but it's so easy to, to buy into the substitutes for identity, the substitutes for meaning, the substitutes for communication. Every steak in this restaurant is personally sung to by a gospel choir before being served. And we make sure that every napkin is exactly one foot square. We measure it twice a day with the, the most uh, intricate astronomical equipment. Each, iron, each, uh, each napkin is professionally ironed by a world-class ironer using materials they got from the Himalayas. <laughs> and there's a part of you that goes, i got to go to this restaurant. But you realize, wait a minute, that's nothing to do with the food. And yet, think about how many times you've been sold something along those lines. I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. And think about, too, how many times people use that same kind of thing to communicate, not answering the question of who you are. And by the way, that's the question that not just being asked by Jesus, but the question that's being asked by life. You want to fall in love? Learn how to say who you are. You want to be successful, you want to make it, you want to corner the market, you want to do the thing that you're being called to do, figure out who you are because that's what the universe wants to know. You are the better mousetrap, so to speak. But people are really good at not answering the question. Who are you? Well, you see, I'm this job. I'm a plumber. I didn't ask what you do. I asked who you are. Who are you? Well, I drive a Maserati. Don't care. Who are you? I didn't ask that. Who are you? I'm an abused child. Sorry about that, but it ain't who you are. Who are you? I'm this place I've been. I'm this thing I do. I'm this stuff I buy. I'm this band I like. That's all great, and it's all factual. And you know what? If you have been through something traumatic and sad, it's, it's real. I'm not telling you to ignore it, but let's fix it. But you cannot fix a problem if you identify with it. This is important. You cannot... <sighs> Fix a, bless you, you cannot fix a problem if you identify with it. But the moment you go, this isn't who I am, it's something that happened to me. It's something that I did, but it ain't the truth about me anymore, is the moment you begin to grow. You can't fix a problem if you identify with it. So something happens when we put that away and we start actually answering the question. We can't define who we are by who we're not anymore. And yet there are some people that just live their lives as like echolocation, like a bat sees, where I'm just going to throw stuff. I can't see it, but something will bounce off, and maybe that's a, a piece of it. I identify it by the outline, by what it's not. People identify themselves by all kinds of stuff that just isn't true. Who are you? And they go physical or they go metaphysical. Who are you? I'm a job. Or who are you? I am a sinner. 
Really? That's the truth about you? How does that work exactly? Well, it means I'm no good. Who made you? What does that say about God? If your fundamental characteristic is that you're screwed up? Think about that with me for a minute. Now, what is sin? There's a lot we could say. We could do a whole lesson on it. And in fact, in a little bit, in a few weeks, we're going to talk a lot about what that all means. Because remember, this whole series is about getting done with the BS. What it is and what it isn't and all that. But I can say right now, the quick thumbnail definition is a sin is a mistake you made. A way that you messed up. And you know what? People mess up. I do it frequently. I'm good at it and I'm proud of it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding about the messing up part because I'm here to grow just like you. But I choose not to be defined by my mistakes because you'll never grow, just like we said a minute ago. You are not the mistakes that you have made. If you did something wrong, make it better, fix it, and move on. Remember with me, and this is something I say a lot, Jesus said over and over again, in one way or another, over and over again, go and sin no more. I love that spiritual noogie. Come here, you. Don't do that anymore. What are you doing? If you can quit doing it, it can't be an essential part of your personality. It can't be an essential part of who you are. Go and sin no more means you don't have to be defined by your mistakes. You are part of something bigger than that. So stop telling people who you are by who you're not. And people go all the way to the woo-woo side of it. Who are you? Well, I was Joan of Arc in a past life. And I was Cleopatra. And I was Abraham Lincoln. There's a lot of Abe Lincolns and Cleopatras hanging out. Somebody's lying. Come on. But the thing is, I'm not even here to argue about that. It's just not especially interesting to me. No offense, but it's not interesting to me because who are you now? Who are you now? We got done saying that your identity is not based on who you know. Some people just take the who you know and they make it into a spiritual thing. I used to hang out with, you know, Julius Caesar. Don't care. Who are you now? I don't care who you know or knew or whatever. I'm not even here to debate it. Doesn't matter. Who are you now? Stop defining yourself by who you know, where you've been, how much money you have or don't have, what you own, what you drive, what you do. I'm over it. And if you know the rest of that part of Scripture, the, the really cool thing is that Jesus says, yeah, who do you say I am? And Peter answers from that place of faith. And Jesus says, blessed are you. Because flesh and blood is not revealed this to you. In other words, the outer stuff has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father in heaven. In other words, something so much bigger is, is how you're seeing. And because you choose to see this way, everything can change for you. And I don't know about you, but there are an awful lot of people who are ready for that moment for everything to change. I need to start seeing things in a different way. i got to get over this, whatever it is. Start to see with the eyes of faith instead of living your life through echolocation. Jesus says, because you have chosen to see this way, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now remember, this is not about building a building. Jesus didn't build a building. That's our job. But instead, it's, the church is not a physical place. It's a family. It's a tradition. It's these teachings. It's this moment. And this moment is built upon the idea that I choose not to judge by appearances. That's the rock. Instead of shaky ground, I stand on something that does not change. And he finally says, Jesus says to Peter, he finally says, now that you're clear, so to speak, 
What you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Now that sounds complicated, but all it means is you are now in sync with how it works in the ultimate. What you hang on to is worth hanging on to, and what you let go of is worth letting go of. You got it straight. That's all it means. When you see with the eyes of faith, you get clear on the question, who do you say that I am? And there's that phrase, the I am phrase. We go there a lot. It's important. It's the whole Moses thing, the whole burning bush thing. You know this one. God's word for God is I am. When you ask God, who are you? God says, I am. That's what he says to Moses. Look it up. That's important. Because when people pray, they've got all kinds of fancy words. They think that they can just kind of butter God up. Sometimes when people pray, God, you are so cool. I like you. I like that thing you did with glaciers. They're cool. You know, they go on and on and on. It sounds like people are introducing James Brown. Mr. Gimme, 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 Mr. Please, 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 the hardest working God in show business. God doesn't care about that. So who are you trying to kid? When you ask God how God refers to himself, so to speak, God says, I am. That's it. Because those two words, those three letters, say everything. What is God? God is I am. God just is. The I am takes God out of time and place and makes God into a forever. Think about that. God just is. And if you want to know a little bit about what's important, if you're trying to figure out who you are, start with, well, what just is about me? That's how to do this. Because that's the thing. How we say I am is how we say God is. So pay attention to that. Because it's super easy to go, I am sick. I am no good. I am a loser. I am whatever. Don't quote me on that last one. I don't even know how you would spell it. But people say the negative thing sometimes. You know there's a commandment about taking the Lord's name in vain? Uh Uh-oh. I may have inadvertently broken that commandment today. I mean, I don't know. you got to pay attention. It's tricky, right? It's so easy to identify with the garbage thing. Now look, if I say I am sick, it's not like I have the power to make God sick. God is life. It doesn't work that way. But what I am saying is that the ultimate of my concern, the biggest and highest of my understanding, is sick when I say I am sick. Well, you're not going to get an experience any bigger than your idea of God. That's how it works. So watch your I am statements, because when I say I am and then I follow it with something that ain't true, I'm going to have a life that ain't good. It's just how it works. So when you say I am, can you choose words and phrases that are appropriate to apply to God? And if not, let's work on that. Here's the thing. We talked last week about the idea that that some people think it's romantic to love somebody so much and clobber themselves and that crazy idea that never works. We know now that you can't love anybody any better than you love yourself. You know that love thy neighbor as thyself implies that you actually love yourself. Start there. If you decide you're not worthy of love, you can't love anybody. It sounds great in a song, but it ain't the truth. You must love yourself. That's different than selfishness. It comes down to the idea that I can't give something that I don't have. You must love yourself. You can't have a bigger idea of the universe any bigger than you think you're ready to deserve. So let's get over it. You are the light of the world. I didn't write that one. Look it up. Over and over again, Jesus is saying, you don't have to be defined by something gross anymore. 
You're bigger. Don't you know who you are? Jesus says in one way or another. And that's a big deal because sometimes people make God in their image instead of the other way around. I'm angry, so therefore God is angry. I feel selfish, so therefore God is selfish. I feel petty, so therefore I've got this weird egotistical idea of God. It doesn't work that way. And it's tricky because it's so much fun to pick a label and live by it. You ever heard somebody say, well, I am, uh, you know, I'm just not a people person, and that's why I hit you with my car, sorry. <laughs> I'm no good with money, and that's why we don't have rent this month. People say all kinds of things. They pick a label, I am blank, and what they really mean is, I'm not interested in fixing this. I am, oh, I'm, I'm just a control freak, sorry, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Because when they take the I am instead of the I have, something challenging happens. We teach our children that there's a difference between I am and I have. You have a toy, you're not the toy. You have a job, you're not the job. You have a cold, you're not the sickness. There's an important difference between I am and I have. And it's important to understand that difference. Because if I say, I am a worrier, worrier, I'm saying I'm not going to quit worrying. I'm not even going to work on it. I've decided that that is who I am, and that's God to me. Really? Think about your I am's and ask yourself, is it okay for me to say God is, because that's what I'm saying when I say I am, God is not a people person. <laughs> God is not good with money. God is a worrier. Really? If you can't say it about God, you don't get to say it about yourself. God is not somebody with a temper problem. If you see that in yourself, fix it. Don't identify with it. Get over it. We can do this together. we got a world to change. It's time to find a different way to define ourselves. Here's the thing. There was a time when we weren't the labels, when we were like the little babies that just say sounds before they even know how to say words because they're just looking for an echo. They just put it out there. They're looking for that sympathy. And they say if you want to teach a kid how to talk, talk back when they start to burble and they start to verbalize. You, you respond and you speak and you communicate with them and that's how they learn words. Or you can try to shout it down and stuff it down and keep the kid quiet. Which one is healthy? You and I are still babies in an important way. You and I are just looking for an echo. And as it, as it turns out, the universe has just been looking for you. Who are you? Who you say that I am is the world that you're going to get back. There is meaning in every moment when you know who you are. And that might seem like a tall order, but it starts right now with what you choose, with what you say. doesn't have to be complicated. It's just two words. And watch what happens next when you decide that, that no matter where you've been and what you've been through, what God sees when he sees you is so much bigger and so much more beautiful and so much more unlimited. You don't have to be defined by the stuff that hurts. Because you are the stuff that heals. You are the stuff that prospers. You are the stuff that blesses. You are the stuff that sets free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much.
Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person, our street address, and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should, do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.